What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Where have you heard this before? It's not you, it's me. We have to dive into that in segment number one here as to what we just saw Monday Night Football. Is. It is a Greg Peterson experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And hopefully, you are going to be enjoying three great hours because we've got an absolutely locked and loaded guest list coming up in about 15 minutes. We're going to be joined by a pair of great guests as Matt Landis. He does a great job with the Props and Ops podcast. And Ben Brown does amazing work with Pro Football Focus. We just saw a pretty, well, rough display in the second half in overtime in Chargers versus Broncos. We're certainly going to be reacting to that, but there's no money to be made anymore in week six of the NFL. So we're going to be turning it forward. We're going to be looking at week seven with those guys. Have a few takeaways and what those takeaways can mean in terms of making some money this week in the NFL. And then in our number two, we're going to be going a little bit Los Angeles style as Daniel Alvari does a great job as one of our lead analysts over here at VEASAN. We're going to be taking a look at some Pac-12 football with her. We're also going to be joined by Jason Weingarten, another man that is out there in the city of Angels as we're going to be talking with him a little bit about some baseball as we were supposed to get ALDS game five tonight, but... I mean, that's something that was very mishandled, to say the least. Two and a half hours of waiting, and I'm sure that many of you guys, much like myself, were a little bit let down by the fact that we didn't get a game and we waited for absolutely nothing, but we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be taking a look to see if Jason has fired in on any NFL futures as well, so we're going to have a good time there. And then in our number three, Tom Cunningham. He does amazing work over there at Vegas Insider. We're going to be joined by him. 
taking a look at a little bit of football in general, a little bit of NFL, a little bit of college. So we're going to have the whole gamut covered tonight. So we've got a lot of fun coming up these next three hours. But, I mean, when do we take a look at things and realize it is just not working out and just say, you know what, this one's on me slash this one's on you because with the Denver Broncos, a sad and embarrassing display from them once again. The Chargers, they get it done by kind of 19-16 to 16 with the kicker pretty much powering the team to victory on one leg, which, I mean, that's a heartwarming story right there by their young man who was able to do a nice job banging through that field goal in overtime. He is able to go four of four, Mr. Dustin Hopkins. None of them were beyond 40 yards, but still. I mean, the fact that he did what he was able to do, you got to give a lot of credit where credit is due. And, I mean, if they're, you're taking a look at the Denver Broncos right now, there is one positive with this team. Defense, once again, played really well. Mike Williams was pretty much just non-existent in this game because he was completely shut down by Patrick Sertan. Alex Singleton had 21 total tackles in this game. The Broncos were able to get a pick by Baron Browning. I mean, you're able to go down the list. There were many good things. From the Denver Broncos defense. The problem is they paid north of 225. I believe it was 245 overall. Total million dollars for a guy in Russell Wilson that, well, he is not delivering. And they've currently got a coach that has absolutely no idea what he's doing. I mean, typically when you say, oh, you know what? We could throw in there a mere mortal and yeah, he would be able to do a better job. Some guy that's just sitting on their couch. Typically it's a big giant overreaction. I wonder how many 21-year-olds that just play man like three times a week could do a better job than Nathaniel Hackett at this point. I mean, there are some of these play calls in which I think my own mother would be able to be like, you know what, we're going to scheme up something a little bit of something better because the Denver Broncos just look completely disjointed on offense at this point. Now, there were some ailments in the ground game for the Denver Broncos. They've been dealing with that quite a bit. Melvin Gordon, he was limited just three carries in this game. So the Broncos have been dealing with that a little bit, but I mean, this is just a nightmare and I just can't remember an athlete falling off a cliff the way that Russell Wilson has. And you've got a question at this point, whether or not he is fully at hundred percent because he had that strange shoulder surgery that we were hearing about. And I mean, what was really odd to me about what all happened with that was you were seeing that he had that shoulder surgery and Whenever a quarterback in the NFL like breaks a little toenail or something like that, it is all over the news. It is plastered all over the place. This one fell completely under the radar, and we were all banking on him being good to go. But, I mean, with Russell Wilson, he hasn't looked good at what is presumed to be 100%. I've got my question marks at this point on that front, but this has just been a really, really bad blend in general. And then you've got someone in Nathaniel Hackett that – if I were the Denver Broncos, what more do you need to see this to know that this guy is not cut out to be an NFL coach? You had the just complete disaster in overtime tonight. You had the 64-yard field goal in Denver. The entire Houston Texans game, you can just play on loop to folks that are trying to be an inspiring coach and have that be just the entire do-not-do-this video. Here's what you do. You th- show like Bill Belichick back in the day with Tom Brady. You highlight all that, like Don Shula was able to do with the Miami Dolphins, and then you show what not to do with the Denver Broncos in this game, and not to say that the coach on the other sideline and Mr. Brandon Staley was necessarily lighting the world on fire with his calls either, but man, it has been not so great, to say the least, for the Denver Broncos this season, and 
I mean, the entire division has not lived up to its billing. You've currently got two teams at 4-2 and two in the LA Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs. And, well, there's one 4-2 that's a little bit more, shall we say, fool's gold, in my opinion, than the other. The Kansas City Chiefs may have had their close calls, but at the same time, they have shown some brilliance to this point. And for the Chargers, they were able to get by against the Houston Texans. They very nearly gave that game away against the Cleveland Browns. The game that we saw tonight was very nearly a tie, and then their win against the Las Vegas Raiders, well, that was far from impressive as well. So you've certainly got your issues there, but I do think that it just underlines what we typically see in sports and where there is quite a bit of money to be made. It's that people just refuse to admit that they are wrong, and we are seeing that with the Denver Broncos. Now, certainly you're able to point out some handicappers, and hey, sometimes I'm a little bit guilty of it as well, that you have preseason expectations and you maybe move off of them a little bit too slowly. I think that the best sport of this is college football. You just take a look at the way that there are some people that hold out hope on some of these college football teams, and it is quite hilarious after you see all that you need to see and then some, but man, I feel like that is currently the case with the Denver Broncos, and the Broncos, there's a lot of money to be made on this team, and well, the way that you make money on the Denver Broncos is not necessarily by taking them on the money line. If you took the spread in this game tonight, you were able to make some money, and you know what? If the Broncos continue to be north of a field goal underdog, there might be a little bit of value on them because I underlined it a little bit earlier. Very, very good defense. As a matter of fact, one of the top defenses in the NFL. They've been able to do a very solid job on that side of the ball, but where you're really able to make the money is on the under, and we certainly saw that on display tonight, and we always see it. Those of you guys that frequent hashtag gambling Twitter, you're going to see a bunch of people, and I was having a little bit of a joke of this and having a few back and forth on this as well throughout the day that you see a lot of people are like, yeah, you know what? I like the full game under, which a lot of people did. I was one that I talked about it on the show, to, show last night. And one of the other, th or I had two other props that I gave out. I liked Austin Eckler to be able to go over his rushing yards. And then I also did like Justin Herbert to be able to throw a pick and you're able to get that at plus money. So hopefully you enjoyed Mr. Herbert throwing that interception because I do think that the Broncos defense may provide a lot of value in terms of unders with other teams, anyone that have Mike Williams tonight in terms of fantasy football, in terms of player props, what have you. Hopefully you were either playing against them or you had unders because that was a very, very nice display that we saw from Patrick Sertan. But that said, when it comes to the Denver Broncos, just going to be trusting in this team, doing a lot of good in general. And I do think that it is important to be able to highlight these teams because when it comes to a team like the Denver Broncos, they're at this point, in my opinion, to use a little bit of a parallel, the Virginia of the NFL, only Virginia actually wins games in college basketball. When, when you see Virginia, you know that the games are going to be very slow. They're going to be very grimy. If you're looking for like some three-point shooting exhibition or something like that, you don't take Virginia games there, but if you're looking for a good quality 52 to 50 style game, which you're going to see kids playing hard, but they're probably not going to be able to throw the ball in from the ocean. You certainly have that with them. Well, you've got to be thinking about the Denver Broncos, in my opinion, in the same vein. And for that matter, we've got to be thinking about a lot of the NFL in this way as well. As primetime unders just continue to hit time and time again. Primetime unders hitting at more than a 60% clip overall for the season and it was another week of unders in the NFL as in the NFL you had once again north of 60% of games going under the total and if you're taking a look overall for the season in the NFL 
It all depends upon your closing numbers, but you've got between 55 and 56 unders to 36 overs, so you're hovering in the neighborhood about 60 to 61% of games thus far this season going under the total, and there's a clear divide between the top-tier quarterbacks, the guys that we saw on display in Kansas City on Sunday, and Josh Allen along with Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes certainly not looking quite the same without Tyreek Hill in terms of the way that he's been attacking down the field, but no doubt, still one of the just top flight quarterbacks that you're going to be seeing in the NFL. And I would still say, when fully healthy, Justin Herbert is as well. Justin Herbert did not have the most savory of games on Monday night. I think that he's still being affected by those ribs for one and two. I think that coaching is really holding him back. And I think that that is a very interesting question to pose with Russell Wilson as well. Because I let off the show by saying, it's not you, it's me. How much do we pin on Russell Wilson how much should he be taking the blame? How much should we be blaming Nathaniel Hackett? And as is just the case in life in general, typically when you have something going horribly wrong, it's multiple things. I was laying this out with the Green Bay Packers yesterday. We've seen them have a big giant fall off in terms of the offense. You got to put a little bit of blame on Aaron Rodgers. You got to put a little bit of blame on the general management, not putting a lot of weapons around him. And in this case with the Denver Broncos, certainly you've got to be putting, in my opinion, at minimum, 60% of the blame on Nathaniel Hackett, but Russell Wilson, he should be getting a lot of blame as well. And I think that that is very interesting to take a look at the way that you divvy that up. And now we've got to take a look at what this means moving forward as we've got a great week seven slate. Joining me next, we're going to be joined by Ben Brown of Pro Football Focus and Matt Landis of the Props and Ops Podcast to take a look at where to find some money this week in the NFL. That's up next here on VEASAN Esports Bank Network. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever, and the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. 
Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network. VSN Pro subscribers get access to the best betting talent in the game. If you haven't subscribed yet, VSN has a midseason offer to make you a smarter better. Sign up now for just $99 and get VSN Pro all the way. Through the Super Bowl, you'll be getting everything that Visa has to offer, including 24-7 live shows and subscriber-only betting guides to the college bowl season and the Super Bowl, all for less than the normal monthly rate. You'll also receive Visa subscriber-only prep guides to the NHL, NBA, and World Cup. It's the best bet in the game, $99 for Visa Pro now through the Super Bowl. Sign up now, VEASAN.com slash subscribe. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Banking Network, being joined now by Matt Landis. He does terrific work over there at the Props and Ops Podcast. And Ben Brown does amazing work over there at Pro Football Focus. And gentlemen, it is always a pleasure to have you aboard. And I will start with you, Matt, since you are the resident Chargers fan here. We just saw the Chargers on Monday Night Football. They got the win. They didn't get the cover, but they got the win. And, well, just take me through what you saw in this game because, man, this was really rough, and I do think that there are certain games where you take a look at it and one team wins, one team loses, but really you downgrade both games, both teams, and I think that this is a case where you downgrade both teams for this performance. Yeah, the adage often goes, it's a shame someone had to lose, and when we <laughs> see a game like this, it's almost a shame that somebody had to emerge victorious, and if the Chargers hadn't been that team, we might have had to dump them the Benver Broncos after all of Ben's consistent week in and week out action on Denver once again paid off for him despite what we saw from both teams tonight 
One of my biggest takeaways, it's nothing new. It might have just been a new level of being able to quantify what Joe Lombardi is doing or perhaps not doing so much of with this offense. I mean, I was almost tempted to come on here and ask you guys if you knew whether Lombardi was a veterinarian in his spare time because he has been absolutely neutering Justin Herbert (laughs) and this Chargers offense. Tonight, 37 completions for a paltry 238 yards. That's only 6.4 yards per completion. We see a lot of quarterbacks average more than that per attempt, factoring in plenty of incompletions. And in the fourth quarter alone, Greg, I couldn't help but think of you in just some head-scratching moments. There was the Herbert interception on the tip ball because basically Denver realized they could triple team every receiver within five yards of the line of scrimmage because Lombardi was not going to call for a pass deeper than that almost any time. So Denver gets a pick on a tipped ball. And then there was a third and one, I think it was, probably the second to last play of regulation. The Chargers complete the pass on third and one. And go figure, they lose yardage on it to go ahead and not pick up that first down. So they settled for a feeble Hail Mary attempt. Overall, I just feel like a lot of the levers Lombardi's pulling, they'd be great guys if we were the quarterback of the Chargers. With a guy like Justin Herbert, I keep wanting to see him unleashed more and more with each passing week. Yep, you gotta wonder how much of a downgrade it would be if a mere mortal was currently on the sidelines rather than some of these guys right now. And Ben, I just take a look at it right now, and I feel like two of the bottom five coaches were going at it tonight. And this is one of these cases where When you take a look at a game, do you have a lot of games where you just downgrade both teams? Because I feel like that's really the only takeaway I can have on this one. Yeah, I I definitely, you know, there are certainly, uh, you know, games that obviously ends up happening. I do think there were at least, you know, maybe some silver linings, I would say, from the Broncos, at least starting off, you know, offensively. I don't really think they hit a whole lot outside of the KJ Hamler deep shot. But uh, I would say that this was probably at least the best game that Russell Wilson looked from a passing perspective. Also looked like he was you know, mobile enough, you know, outside of the pocket in order to kind of pick up some yardage with his with his feet as well. So I I know Matt called me out for consistently backing the Broncos, but I I might have to credit. go back to them. Uh, credit, credit. You might have to go back to them here one more week. Yeah, I think Matt definitely hit the nail on the head, at least as far as, you know, the, the ales with the Chargers offensively. It looks like, you know, essentially everything's a dump off to Austin Eckler at this point in time. No one's really winning at the intermediate uh, you know, intermediate route type basically. I do think they really miss Keenan Allen. Obviously, have you know a ton of injuries along the offense line as well that is kind of baking into you know this expectation. But uh, I think they have a long way to go to actually be you know legitimate contenders in the AFC. And I do think that you know a big part of that is going to be uh, at least getting some of these guys back and healthy uh, and, and helping Justin Herbert out in the long run. Yep, absolutely. This was not necessarily the world's greatest display that we saw tonight, and. I know that we've been seeing just a lot of bad primetime games in general. On Thursday, we're going to be getting the Arizona Cardinals and the New Orleans Saints, and that's going to be considered an upgrade from past weeks. And something else that I've been really taken away from this season is that typically by this point, because we're more than a third of the way through the season, I feel like the record, it's starting to iron itself out a little bit. We could tell that, all right, this may not be a fool's gold record, but I'll throw this to you, Matt. There are quite a few teams I take a look at their record, and it's like, there's no way they're this good like the New York Giants and the Minnesota Vikings. Give credit where credit is due for pulling out the wins, but they don't look like 5-1 and one teams at this point. And there are a couple other teams out there that even the Atlanta Falcons at 3-3, three to three, three and 3 I'm not sure quite how good they are at this point. And I feel like this is one of the strangest years that we've had because typically by this point, you're able to really hone in and say, all right, now they're playing up to what their record truly is. And that's doesn't feel like the case in my opinion for a lot of these teams 
Yeah, and I feel like it's getting a bit tricky because now it's almost too obvious that the Giants are not a good 5-1 and one team. Or the Falcons, you know, they've impressed a lot of people, but would their one-loss record really tell us as much as it should about who they are, to your point, this deep into the season? And since so many people are starting to catch on to some of these teams, I almost feel like maybe it's going to be priced into the line. I mean, the Giants at 5-1 and one are going to be a field goal underdog, at least by the looks of it, to a Jags team that lost yet another you know, disappointing game this past weekend. So in previous years, I feel like the one-loss record might have opened up some point spread value. And I'm not sure that we're seeing it here. And, and I don't know that it's not going to be the case. But I look at a team like the Giants. And last week, we talked about how I, I try to process misleading results each week when it comes to more sticky metrics over the bigger picture, like yards per play relative to, you know, more impactful metrics in the scope of one game, but not so predictable week over week. The Giants last, not even last week, just yesterday, uh, minus 3.2 yards per play, and that went over the Ravens. That's indicative of some pretty good fortune, and we can see that when it comes to the Giants going three for five in the red zone, Ravens just one for three. Penalties, the Giants only flagged for about a third of the penalties that the Ravens were for about a third of the yardage. Giants win the turnover battle. So there's there's a lot of math telling me that, yeah, the Giants aren't a legit 5-1 and one team. At the same time, so many people feel that way, and I do want to give credit where it's due. Brian Dable is just MacGyvering the heck out of this team, seemingly with duct tape and paper clips at wide receiver. He's somehow making it work, and Daniel Jones hasn't been setting the world on fire, but he hasn't been losing games the way that we'd seen in years past. So at a certain point, there's the math on one hand saying fade the Giants, but then there's what the market is telling us with their existing price point. And then maybe there's a bit of the mindset that starts to shift within that locker room. That's much tougher to quantify, so it's outside of my purview when I try to look at things more analytically. But if these guys start to believe they don't have the toughest schedule the rest of the season, they don't have to do a lot to just maybe sneak their way into the playoffs, even if we think that they're one of the farthest things from a playoff caliber team. And I think that you bring a good point with that Giants versus Ravens game because we've sort of got the tale of two stories here with the Giants now 5-1. and one. You mentioned the fact that well, they've been having some good fortune on the red zone, and I'll throw this at you, Ben, because I take a look at the Ravens, and every time I turn them on, they look like a really good football team, a team that I could see being able to make a postseason run. But here they sit at 3-3 three and three because they, in all three of their losses, they have blown the game in the fourth quarter. They very nearly blew the game against the Cincinnati Bengals as well, and I take a look at the Ravens, and I think that they're a good team, but... Every time I watch them, I have zero faith that they can pull it out in the fourth quarter. And these are, for me, just some of the toughest teams to be able to handicap and be able to evaluate. Yeah, definitely. I, I do think a lot of it is their, their secondary, obviously, allowed, allowing, you know, a few really bad plays, uh, you know, over the top in situations that you just not allow those, those plays to actually, you know, hit on. So I think that's part of it. It, but but I'm in agreement with. I do think that you know overall Lamar Jackson has very much looked like you know an MVP type candidate. Uh, definitely banged up at the wide receiver position, which I think has you know taken a, a little bit of a hit overall to their offensive efficiency. But I, I think when you know it's all said and done, they're very much going to be uh, in the thick of it at least as far as the AFC playoff picture. We have them. Uh, you know, with like the 26th most difficult schedule remaining now. So uh, it, it definitely lightens up from basically them being a top 10, you know, strength of schedule type team through the first six weeks of the season. So I think things get a le little easier, uh, definitely in line to make the playoffs. I do think if you're looking at, you know, like a, a minus 100 price or something on them to make the playoffs, uh, I definitely think that's a pretty quality bet on them to actually get in. Yep. And Ben, 
it's going to be really interesting to see how they do throughout the season. We've got about 45 seconds here, Matt, but I know you've got a few initial thoughts on the Washington Commanders. I'm sure we'll hit on them in the other side in their game against Green Bay, but what did you see from the Commanders a few nights ago, and what do you think of this team overall? Because they're a little bit befuddling as well. Yeah, I mean, they might be in for an upgraded quarterback now with Heineke coming back <laughs> under center. I was all ready to fade them. Again, they got maybe a phony win on Thursday night, minus 1.7 yards per play, but they converted one of their two red zone trips. The Bears go over three, Washington plus two in turnovers, including that critical muff punt that set them up with a goal-to-go situation for their only touchdown. I'm all ready to fade Washington. And then Green Bay does whatever they did yesterday. So I could only look the Packers way at this stage, but it's getting tougher to trust Green Bay these days. So uh, more week seven looks ahead. Oh, trust me. I am someone from the great state of Wisconsin, and I don't trust that team at all. But what I do trust is Ben Brown along with Matt Landis providing some good thoughts on week seven next here on VSEN, the Sports Bank Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of the Greg Peterson Experience is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher and simpler way to enjoy nicotine and has helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering a smoke free and spit free satisfaction. Zen understands that there was isn't one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline's a little bit different and everyone's on their own journey. But when you feel like you're ready to take that first step forward towards change, Zinn is going to be there for you. Check out Zinn Nicotine Pouches at Zinn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. This is a product that contains nicotine and nicotine. It is an addictive chemical. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, being rejoined by Ben Brown. He does terrific work over there at Pro Football Focus and Matt Landis of the Props and Ops Podcast. And we'll lead off with you on this, Ben. We've got a lot of games for this Sunday that they feel a little bit strange. I know that we were talking about it a little bit before with Matt. The fact that you do have a bunch in the Giants that are currently 5-1. and one, And they're going to be finding themselves a field goal underdog against the Jacksonville Jaguars, which I do think is very intriguing. But when you take a look at the board, is there a line or two that you take a look at? And you're just a little bit confused based on what we've seen this season by it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely a few. I know you guys hit on, you know, the initial one that we kind of talked about, but uh, I also think, uh, you know, a spot like, you know, Thursday night with this New Orleans-Arizona game, I think it was kind of, you know, sitting at minus three in the preseason. I would say that, you know, New Orleans, for all intents and purposes, even starting Andy Dalton, has been pretty impressive. Uh, uh, so I would have expected, you know, the line to move even further, basically off of, you know, minus two and a half last week on the look headline. Now it's down to minus one and a half. I would have expected New Orleans to probably be favored, just given what we've seen from the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be, you know, back in the fold for this one. Uh, but it's still, you know, a situation where they are dealing with a number of injuries, especially Mark Brown, who has been, I would say, much better than expected coming over to Baltimore at the wide receiver position. So uh, I just think that Arizona is a team that, hasn't hasn't figured it out hasn't isn't moving in the right direction is another team that i think is very much like denver where you know it 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 seems like there's a lot of chaos happening especially on the offensive side of the football so i think against you know a very legitimate defense in the northern saints uh i'm kind of surprised at that one that the saints aren't going to be favored here on thursday night yeah it's a really interesting spot for both of these teams more was expected out of the saints they've been dealing with quite a few injuries and for the arizona cardinals 
They're just a poorly coached team in general, but the good news is they get new Copkins back, and that should be able to help them out. And then, Matt, I know that every week on this show we talk about teasers, and this is right now not a very good board for teasers. Now, throughout the week, we could see some of these sevens become seven halves, and then you're able to tease through the seven and the three. You're able to get a little bit more value there, vice versa. But if you're looking at teasers right now during the week, I think that it's a little bit bare bones. Yeah, and the way that teasers have gone to start this season, that's probably not going to be too much of a bummer for a lot of teaser bettors. <laughs> Although, last week, it, go figure, the the one game I bet where I think I'm crossing three and seven, I had the Saints, they closed a three-point dog, so I didn't even really get a clean cross through that king of key numbers, and it came through. So there's just been a lot of volatility with teasers so far this season. And I find that intriguing because on one hand, earlier in the season, we do tend to see more variance when it comes to these teaser games because we don't have the best grasp yet as to how good each team really is. So it would make sense that, you know, teasers might not be as good of a bet weeks one, two, and three as they might be 14, 15, 16. And at the same time, we've got a surprisingly low scoring environment this year. So usually that implies less variance. And especially with underdogs going up through the key numbers of three and seven, those low totals can really magnify the relative value you get when you're taking a teaser. When I look at the week seven board right now, I mean, I only see two options. And I guess that makes it an easy choice if somebody wants to play the classic two-team six-point teaser. And I'll pick up a bit where Ben left off with the Saints because right now I do see this game possibly moving closer to pick him. But while the Saints at a lot of books still can be found for plus one and a half, that means a six-point teaser gets them up through the seven. So the Saints, a team I'm giving a good look at right now. I know they've got plenty of injury concerns on their own. But if we're talking about just needing to stay within one possession of a Cliff Kingsbury-led team, I feel good about that, especially with a pretty low total. I think that one's, what, about 45. So um, that fits the mold. And then bookending the week, going all the way down to Monday Night Football on the board, the Patriots currently laying eight against the Bears, teasing them down to minus two. I mean, it. this might be a red flag because it almost feels like stealing candy from a baby if we're asking <laughs> Bill Belichick to do a little more than win outright against Matt Eberflus and Justin Fields and this Bears offense. So I know the Patriots have had you know some injury issues of their own, but I mean, Belichick against a team like this, it just feels like a slam dunk. That said, very few things this year that have felt like a slam dunk ahead of time have actually played out that way. So don't unload the bankroll by any means. But if you are looking toward a teaser this week, for me, it's New Orleans and New England Thursday night and Monday night to bookend the week and just see what happens. Yep, it certainly has been a very strange year. Anyone that has partaken in Survivor this year knows all too well that when it feels like you've got a team there, it's like, ah, we just need them to win this game outright. Well, that has not been the case for a lot of people. And thus, if you're in any of these Survivor contests and you have survived to this point, you should be giving yourself a nice hearty pat on the back. But... We're going to talk to you about this one, Ben, because I do think that it's so interesting that we were talking about this just before the break, the Packers and the Washington Commanders game. Washington was right around about a five to a five and a half point underdog when I came on this show last night, and we really didn't know that Carson Wentz was injured. Carson Wentz, it has been revealed, he is going to be out for the next month or so, and the line currently sits between five and five and a half points. How do you evaluate this? Because bookmakers are saying that there is no drop-off from Carson Wentz to Taylor Heineke. And at this point, I really can't disagree. 
Right. I, I can't disagree with it either, to be honest with you. And I do think, you know, the, the five and a half spread makes a lot of sense for two teams that I would say have been, you know, nothing but disappointing here in 2022. I do think that uh, I, I was I did pick up on some like tweets related to Aaron Rodgers and like a hand wrist type injury or something. Obviously, it wasn't enough to like sideline him or anything like that. But he did make some comments as far as it impacting his accuracy as well. So it does seem like this is a particular matchup where we're going to have, you know, at least some quarterback uh, you know, lingering injury situations on both sides of the football. Obviously, you know, losing Carson Wentz is, you know, a completely different uh, setup for Washington than what it would be if Aaron Rodgers actually was sitting in Green Bay. But uh, even like a little bit less effectiveness, the fact that Randall Cobb as well, you know, it, it is going to be out for an extended period of time. Like this wide receiver room has been, you know, I would say lackluster at best. And I do think that's the main reason why we've seen Green Bay, you know, struggle so much, especially offensively. I think defensively, you know, we expected them to be a top five unit, but, you know, defense is a thing that you know, doesn't really uh, you know, hold from one week, one year to the next as much as we want to. So even the teams that we think are going to have good defense set into the season, you know, oftentimes don't. And I do think that's kind of the result uh, and where the Green Bay Packers have found themselves so far. So this game is one that I, you know, haven't necessarily bet on either one of these two teams uh, so far coming up in the 2022 season. I think I'm going to make it a priority not to do that again <laughs> here on Sunday. Yeah, I've been doing nothing but fading the Green Bay Packers at this point because it has been rough. The one time I really couldn't do it was against the Chicago Bears, and we just laid it out a few minutes ago. The Chicago Bears, not too good of a team thus far this season, and when it comes to this team, Matt, it is a little bit befuddling to take a look at them as well because I mean, we talked about the Chargers and the Denver Broncos in the first segment with you two gentlemen, and Man, it's not looking so great for either of those teams. And just the AFC West in general, if you're looking for big disappointments this year, you're able to hone in on individual teams. But that conference in general just has not been great. And right now we're finding the Vegas Raiders as a touchdown favorite against the Houston Texans. And there's no way that I can look on this game rather than the underdog. Now, this is a spot where I have not bet it yet personally. I'm waiting to see what happens, waiting to make sure that there might not be anything that comes out of the woodwork midweek in terms of an injury or anything like that. But I took a look at this Houston Texans team, and I see, honestly, a team that's willing to put up some fight. And when it comes to Las Vegas Raiders, this defense just gives me no confidence whatsoever that they are going to be able to win this game by a touchdown plus. Yeah, we hear a lot about Davis Mills with the Texans playing different at home than on the road. And I think that at this stage of his career, I'm ready to give it more time before I read too much into that. So I know with Houston on the road, a lot of people might be inclined to look toward Vegas right away. But then considering Houston off of its bye, uh, the Raiders, you know, not the most imposing defense to take on, as you touched on. And with this number at seven, I feel like I could only look one way. I honestly in no rush to bet this game at the moment. Um, it's it's just like two of these many teams that you kind of touch on, Greg, in the AFC, where we just don't know what we're going to get from week to week. And for Houston, that would have kind of been expected coming into the season. But for the Raiders, a first-year head coach, um, if they can put things together, um, you know, they they might be one of those teams, maybe like Indy, where they came out of the gate slow. Uh, Indy doesn't have a new coach, but they've got a new quarterback. And sometimes just teams need a little bit of time with new faces in new places. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, the Raiders are also off their bye as well. Check me if I'm wrong yep. on that, you guys. They are, so that might they are off the their bye. Yeah, so that might neutralize any edge Houston has. So I can kind of make a case both ways. And when that's the case this early in the week, I'm just going to, you know, kind of let it percolate and see where the market takes things. Yep, I'm right there with you. Try to see if this goes down through that key number of six or seven to a six and a half 
and or maybe we wind up getting a seven half so we shall see there but something i know for sure these two gentlemen they do amazing work matt landis with the props and ops podcast ben brown over there at pro football focus always a pleasure gentlemen thank you thanks a lot greg see you next week always great to have them aboard and coming next we thought we were going to be getting alds game five on monday and said we get it for tuesday i'll give you guys my handicap next here on beeson the sports bank network On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever, and the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market. 
as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Fall sports are in full swing, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you are ready for football, hockey, basketball, or baseball, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like the Tuesday Hall first, or the the Tuesday Hockey First Goal Score Insurance, Friday Night College Football Bet Plus Get Sunday Football Parlay Insurance, and so much more. Head on over to BetRivers.com. Or download the Bet Rivers app today as it is a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. And always great to get those two gentlemen aboard. Matt Landis does a great job with the Props and Ops podcast. Ben Brown over there at Pro Football Focus. Great to take a look at what we got in week six, turning forward to trying to find some value in week seven. And as you can tell, a little bit hard to find a little bit of value on teasers, but where we always have value is. The folks behind the scenes, these guys do absolutely amazing work. You've got Dakota, my technical director, all the graphics and everything that you see on screen, whether you're watching on vcin.com or the many, many providers that now have vcin via video. It is absolutely amazing what they do. And Dakota, he's setting that up tonight. If you're listening on radio, because vcin has been adding a lot of terrestrial radio stations and you're able to hear us via the iHeartRadio app as well. Taylor, he does amazing work there. And then for all of our guests and just keeping me in line in general, it is our wonderful producer, Jason Kahn, that does all of that. He does absolutely incredible work. And we got a little bit of something as well to talk about with Jason because we have our pre-show meetings behind the scenes. It's just me talking to Jason and we pretty much shoot the breeze and stuff like that and stuff like that. I get my voice sort of warmed up. So we always do something there and I need your input on this at June at underscore 81 because we've got a little bit of a side bet going on with the Arizona Cardinals as you know they're going to be on Thursday Night Football and as I take a look at it right now the more that I think about it the more I actually like the Arizona Cardinals in this spot which you're not going to be fighting me betting the Arizona Cardinals too much but with that said with the Arizona Cardinals we made a little bit of a side bet and I pretty much gave them two to one on this plus so the bet is I have to give our good friend Jason $50 if the Cardinals win four games or fewer. The magic number here is four. If they win five games or more, I get $25, sub so two to one there. And we threw in there a little bit of a kicker. And for those that know me, they know that I am not much of a TikTok fan in general. And, well, if the Arizona Cardinals win four games or fewer, I have to create a TikTok account and do a really embarrassing dance. So (laughs) let me know what you think of this bet, because I think I'm getting good value here. I think that the Arizona Cardinals stink, but I don't think that they stink to the effect where they're going to win four games or fewer at this point. And 
I honestly take a look at it, and I think that there's a good chance that they get to win number three on Thursday as well. With the Arizona Cardinals, they are going to be bringing back Noob Hopkins. I'm going to be talking about this game a little bit more throughout the week, but, I mean, I was high on the New Orleans Saints coming into the year. They have really plummeted down by power rankings, to say the least. So quite a bit of this is due to injury, and really both of these teams, they have a deal with ailments in general because along with the Arizona Cardinals, it is very good news that you get back our good friend, New Hopkins, but they have a deal with the Hollywood Brown injury. You've got Eno Benjamin, who's going to be a little bit banged up as well. So, I mean, there is a lot of issues that are going down with both of these teams. But the bet is we need the Arizona Cardinals to be able to win more than four games. If they win four games or fewer, I am the big giant loser. If they win five games or more, I am the winner. And if there's ties along the way or something like that, like the Arizona Cardinals go like, 4, 12, and 1, I would still consider that to be a loss as well. So it is just wins and wins alone. So let me know if you think that I got good value there or if I am just a complete schmuck. So we've got that going on. And we've also got, speaking of schmucks, all of us that were sitting through that two-and-a-half-hour rain delay in Major League Baseball on Monday, we got it for absolutely nothing at all. So instead, we get a Tuesday game in terms of Yankees versus Guardians. Let's go through it right now. And... There's a little bit of a change around with the pitcher, which means that I've had to adjust my handicap as well. You can't have the same handicap, in my opinion, for this game as you had prior to Monday, as it is going to be the Guardians going up against the New York Yankees with Aaron Savali still right now the projected start for the Cleveland Guardians. This is a percolating situation, though. Tito, Terry Francona, he was saying, you know what, even if the game gets pushed back today, he was going to be sticking with Aaron Savali. But with the Yankees making a move, who knows there? So I would say prior to first pitch, you want to be checking in on this, especially if you right now are taking pitcher-dependent bets. If you take a pitcher-dependent bet, you're going to be able to have the insurance that, you know what, if the Cleveland Guardians go from Aaron Savali to Shane Bieber, you are able to feel good there. But as of right now, betting board has Aaron Savali on there, and Nestor Cortez, he is going to be going for the Yankees instead of Jameis Tatayan, and as a result, when this game was taken off the board in a lot of spots, Yankees with tie-in, where they were between about a minus 145 to a minus 148 favorite. Now you're seeing in a lot of spots, anywhere between minus 158 to as high as a minus 170 at DraftKings. DraftKings is the loftiest number that I'm seeing right now. And right now with the Guardians, you're going to be getting them between about a plus 145 to a plus 150. And I do think that the move is very much warranted. I had the Yankees minus 152 with Jameis tie-in on the mound. I made personally a 22-cent move on this line with going to Nestor Cortez because I figured with Jamison Tyon, you weren't going to be able to get the world's greatest amount of length out of him because, well, he had pitched in game two out of the bullpen in that 10-inning that game, and in the 10th inning, he was very far from stellar to say the least. He gave up two runs in that game, and he was the losing pitcher, so that was not necessarily too tremendous. And then when it comes to the flip side for the Cleveland Guardians' Aaron Savali, has honestly looked good ever since the All-Star break. He had a north of 6 ERA prior to the All-Star break and has come down to a 3-2. The fear that you've got with Aaron Savali, though, is that, well, even though he's given up three runs or fewer in nine out of his last 10 starts, a lot of them have been approximately three runs for one. Two, his last start came, I believe, on October 5th against the Kansas City Royals, and in his last two starts, both came against the Kansas City Royals, give up a combined four home runs. That is not necessarily what you want to see now. Also with the Cleveland Guardians, I feel like the depth itself 
in terms of the pitching, that does lend it to them having an advantage. Even with Nick Sandlin not available for this game, you still have guys like an Eniel de Los Santos and Trevor Steven who posted up a sub-3-2 bullpen ERA. Zach Fleasak, Cody Morris, they're going to be able to eat a few innings. So if Aaron Savali gives up like a pair of home runs in the first two innings, you could have them be a little bit of a washout. You could put in there someone like Zach Fleasak, give you a few innings. You're able to piecemeal this thing together. So you do have a little bit of insurance there. But also for the Yankees, if Nestor Cortez, because he is going to be going on a little bit of short rest, if he has himself a less than stellar start, you're still able to go to James Tyon and Domingo Herman as well. Domingo Herman, I think, is a little bit of an X factor. Both he and Tyon both delivered fewer than 7.7 strikeouts per nine innings, right around 6.2, 6.3 strikeouts per nine innings for Domingo Roman. Both guys gave up about 1.3 home runs per nine innings, but I do think that really being able to give these bullpens an extra day of rest does impact the handicap with regards to the total as well, because you're going to notice that when the game was taken off the board for Monday, the closing total was a seven half, very heavy juice on the under, but it was a seven half. Currently I'm seeing it as seven and I like the over before with Savali versus Zion. As a matter of fact, my DK Nation write-up was on the over. I'm now, even though the total has fallen from 7.5 to a 7, I'm on the under in this spot because I think that Nestor Cortez makes that big of a difference because with Nestor Cortez, he has had an ERA that has been sub-2 at home. He really has pitched better in the Bronx rather than on the road, giving up right around about a half a home run or so per nine innings when he has been in New York. So I do think that that's very impactful. And then for the Cleveland Guardians, I think that they're going to be able to move the line a little bit on Nestor Cortez, but Cortez, when he faced off against the Guardians a little bit earlier this season, he's one of the few guys that was able to get his player prop in terms of strikeouts over on them. As the Guardians, they are the number one team in the big leagues in terms of fewest strikeouts on a per at-bat basis, but they are a team that they themselves are also second to last in terms of home runs per game. Now, the caveat is, if you take a look at the Cleveland Guardians, over 60% of their home runs were on the road. They had about 127 to 128 total home runs throughout the regular season. Just 50 of those came at home. So they're a little bit better on the road in that front. And then you do have Ahmed Rosario, Andres Jimenez, Steven Kwan, Oscar Gonzalez, along with Jose Ramirez, all at least a 280 for this bunch. But with the New York Yankees, you do have plenty of guys that they're able to do a solid job of being able to put back to ball. Isaiah Canera falafa has been able to move the line. And I very much was in favor of the New York Yankees moving Aaron Judge out of that leadoff spot as well. I think that that was very important for them to do. He hits a home run in game number three, game number four. He's able to get on base as well. So I do like this total under with the pitching change to Nestor Cortez. When it comes to the Yankees, want to make them a little bit north of a minus 170 on the money line. So I'm looking there as well. And if we have a little bit of time in our number three, I'll most likely be polishing up this game a little bit, but we've got to get you guys my pro tip for our number one here on the Greg Peterson experience. And you are able to get these. If you are a Visa pro subscriber, visa.com slash subscribe for all these. And the pro tip for our number one, it is that there are a lot of teams in the NFL right now with a misleading record. Try to take a look at some advanced sets. We were talking about with the Giants being currently 22nd in the league in terms of yards per play. So dive into that. And in our number two, the Greg Peters experience, diving into my DK Nation pick for Tuesday here on VEASAN Esports Bank Network. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. 
So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.